You're listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast, where fantasy football experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany give you the DFS tools to help you lock it in and win on DraftKings and FanDuel. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the Pre-Snap right here on the line star app it's me it's chris meany and we're breaking down week 17 what a season it's been and here we are in the most difficult highest scoring final week of the regular season for dfs it's the wild west teams are gonna quit players are gonna come out defenses are not gonna show up chris meany how excited are you for this (laughs) you know week 17 is it's fun right you get the people who are who are done season-long fantasy maybe just listening for the first time welcome in and you know they want to play some dfs and and have a shot you know this week to to win some cash and hopefully we can help you guys out but i'll tell you what week 17 is it's very interesting you can get unique with your lineups there's tons of value across the board but joe for me i don't know how you feel i'm particularly a cash game player on week 17 and it there's a lot of different things that could happen. But for me, I like to lock in my guys that I know are playing meaningful games and that I know are going to play the entire football games. There's some question marks out there of guys who are going to be resting, of course. Right. And obviously, too, you've got basically the full slate of guys, uh, which is questionable <laughs> because you don't know necessarily how much some of them are going to play. We know the teams that are playing for things, and obviously we will highlight them as we go. But Chris, when you also look at this week, the pay lines will be higher because some of the scores will get out of control. Are there certain guys that you're also thinking about targeting and saying, okay, well, there's going to be a value because this guy, this backup's going to play, uh, or this guy's going to get a lot more opportunities. Is that something you look for? Or do you say, you know what? I want to stick with some of the games where I know this team is fighting for something. And therefore I want to make sure my investment is in this roster, this offense. Yeah, I, I, I look for the latter there. I, you know, there are some guys out there that you can play in tournaments and some value guys that you can, that you can target or be in, you know, bigger roles than than we normally see but for the most part i'm looking at teams that are playing for things like the Pittsburgh steelers need a win like you know big ben has had you know he's leading the league in passing yards and attempts and completions i'm interested in him in a must-win situation and you know i'll stay clear of, of things happening in new orleans and dallas i'm not a big believer that jerry jones is is saying that they're going to play their starters i don't fully buy that i don't i don't think like zeke and dak and amari cooper are going to get a lot of play this week against the giants normally that would be a good spot but if you look at the line the giants are six points favorites vegas is not buying into that either so uh, I'll stay clear of of some situations, but for the most part, yeah, I will like the Chiefs must win situation. Uh, the Chargers want to get a win here. The Steelers want to get a win. The Vikings want to get a win. I know it's a tough matchup against the Bears, but these are teams that are, are going to be all out. All the guys are going to be playing and it, less less risk in playing some of these guys. Yeah, and and certainly your strategy is is correct too in trying to stick to the cash games because the tournaments are going to be out of control. Uh, it's just going to be some crazy wacky stuff and something crazy and wacky is going to win a tournament because that's just the nature of week 17. And look, you know, it's, it's, we got to a point where week 17, the last few years has really been like an extra week of playoffs because there's so many teams that are still, you know, kind of still involved and all other teams too. And when you end up and wrap up seasons where they're in conference and division games, that's a big thing to take in mind too, because there are teams that just want to kind of stick it to another team on the way out, whether it be maybe the Cleveland. Oakland Raiders showing up, maybe a, a Cleveland, right? Exactly. Cleveland certainly has lots to play for, but maybe some of the ones too flying under the radar where maybe the Denver Broncos show up, you know, no Lindsay, no this, no that. Well, you know what? We want to send the chargers home unhappy. And 
sometimes that's the the thing too, where you're not initially thinking about that or looking for it, but you go, oh man, I should have seen that coming because these rivalry games can be a lot tighter than people realize sometimes. Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville, maybe a good example of that, too, is a team who's been very disappointing this season. You know, they were a couple plays away from going to the Super Bowl last year, and, and you know, they're going to turn to Blake Bortles. And you look at Houston, no team has allowed more passing yards than the Houston Texans over the last four weeks. We saw Nick Foles almost throw for 500 yards and four touchdowns against them last week, and then they lose to Marius Thomas. This is a must-win situation for them. They want to wrap up that division. Uh, the Colts can still pass them. The Titans can still pass them. So yeah, maybe the Jaguars is a team that I know they don't have a lot of fantasy appeal, and it's it's a tough team to run on. But And Blake Bortles is one of those guys you don't really want to roll out in cash. But wouldn't shock me if him and D.D. Westbrook hook up a couple times and, you know, both affordable and tournaments as well as, as an option as Jacksonville sticking it to Houston. And one guy I was in on was, was Jameis Winston. Like, I was in on Jameis Winston in this high total of 51. I thought it was a good fantasy environment, warm weather against uh, Atlanta. Both defenses are awful. Then I hear uh, Dirk Cutter say on Monday, potentially third-string quarterback Ryan Griffin could get some play in this game so that makes me shy away from Jamison cash so there's a lot of what, what like whether that's gonna happen or not like what, what right. are we, where are we isn't it more important to let Winston play I mean yes I, I, I don't know if, if there's one team that is completely defunct right now it's the Buccaneers and if they let Dirk Cutter come back again which oh he's gone there's he's I mean they can't right I mean it can't happen can it no, I would say he's, I'd say he's gone the way that it's been a couple of years now. Last year I had more, I, I was, I was in on them. I thought that they would make a big leap forward. They had some defensive players and then this year they got caught up in some injuries, but the way Cutter handled that, the quarterback situation with Fitzpatrick and then Winston and then Fitzpatrick and then back to Winston and then potentially going to play Ryan Griffin in this game on Sunday. It's, it's not great. It's not a great look for him. I, he's completely lost the law. I think he's 100% gone, Joe. And that, that would be the way. If I was to pick one, I know there's going to be a lot of co- changes in coaches. Right, but I'm just saying, like, from the organizational the- standpoint, like, I mean, what, 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 what's the point of that? Like, don't, where does the GM step in? And I guess I should know by now, but when's the GM step in and say, hey, stop screwing around. Winston has to, we have to know if he is yeah. going to be the future. And if not, and they're just scrapping it all. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe and, and, the Nick Foles guy <laughs> at the end of the year where he ends up who knows. Listen, and Cutter says, like, I'm looking at the quote right now. The guy's been here for three years. He's worked his tail off, so I think he deserves some few reps. It's like, does he have it in for Jameis Winston? Like, It sounds it, like it's just does. a bad relationship. I don't know. Yeah. At this point, it's completely confusing, and Winston needs to change the scenery, and uh, that, that's all I can say about that. I'm, I'm not giving up on Winston yet. I still think he shows you enough from time to time where – if he had the proper instruction and the proper support, maybe you could get something out of him. He's got more raw talent than a lot of other quarterbacks in the league. But I understand he's got a 10-set head, and that's what it is. But look, I mean, it's going to be a wacky Sunday, that's for sure, and we're going to get at it. We're going to start when we come back. We're going to hit a break. And when we do, we're going to start things off in New England. You're listening to The Pre-Snap with Joe and Chris. We'll be right back after this. The Pre-Snap Podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Take your DFS game to a whole new level. Build winning lineups with the best tools on the market. Download now at LineStarApp.com and start winning. All right, Chris Meany, here we go. New England favored by 13 and a half over the Jets. The over-under for this one is 45. I got to tell you, uh, the Jets have played better football, especially on the defensive side at times. I know the Packer game, but yada, yada, that's Aaron Rodgers. But Brady's struggled, and I think New England just doesn't have a whole lot of weapons. 
that 13 and a half number, I think the Jets can uh, can make it closer than that. I really do. I, I, I know historically this is a game where New England would just roll over the Jets, but I don't think that's going to be the case. And Darnold's played better. So I'm curious, do you also see this being less than 13 and a half between this, the two? I still think it's a New England victory, but do you think it's a little closer than Vegas does? Yeah, I do. And and this is two straight weeks now. We were on Buffalo last week to cover that game against New England. We thought 13 and a half was pretty high in that situation. And it was. And, and Buffalo got the late score and they hung around and they covered. I, I feel like the Jets have a, a better offense right now than Buffalo. So they should be able to to hang hang in into this football game. I agree. I, you know, Brady's coming off a game where he only had 13 completions, 24 passing attempts and just over 100 yards. And this is going to be a better matchup for him. But I think they'll lean on the ground game. And I think that's why it'll it'll probably creep under the number and it, it, this game i think will will stay pretty close i mean 45 and a half i think is is slightly high i, I think I New England, and you would know the patriots more than me but i think this is the time of the year where they turn things over to the running game sony michelle has been involved at least 17 carries in four of his last five games monster game last week i think they continue to lean on him this week yeah that 45 number i don't like either this is this is like a 24 17 kind of a game for me and i think it's gonna it's gonna fall short not much short but i think short enough all right let's talk about the green bay packers here they're favored by eight uh at home against detroit as they should be theoretically they're at home it'll be nice for them to show up now look they're coming off a big overtime win against the jets on the road where the packers have been awful this year that was the what their second road win of the year i think or yeah. first that second I, I think it might have been their first was it actually the first oh my god it, what an awful season for the packers it has been absolutely dreadful i do think that they cover this eight though i think the one thing they've got going for them is detroit is that bad right now i think detroit is just kind of folding up the tents there's been some discussions about stafford being moved on i still say patricia might be a coach who could be one and done doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, love there between him and the players and this number is 45 the question is can detroit do their part to help in this 45 or does it matter how do you see this one shaking out here? I think the eight is easy for Green Bay. The 45, I'm still kind of on the fence about. Yeah, I'm on the fence too because Matthew Stafford has, you know, he just has not been good. And, you know, we've said this a couple times over the past few weeks is, you know, you lose a guy in Golden Tate, Marvin Jones goes down, and all of a sudden Galladay's got to face top coverage. And he's done well in, in, the, in the past couple weeks facing top coverage. But uh, I think he's in play this week, certainly as a contrarian play perhaps. But I don't see the line scoring all that much, even against Green Bay's defense, I think maybe 14 points. Uh, I think Green Bay could potentially get to that 30. And even then, that's just right at that number at 44 and a half. So I, I would take the under. I think Green Bay is a lock. I think Aaron Rodgers is is a solid play. His prices dropped down in DraftKings. And, you know, last week, obviously, had the two rushing touchdowns and the extra play in overtime. That, by the way, was their first win on the road. We just saw what, you know, his potential, 45 DraftKings points, 42 on FanDuel. So you're right. Detroit is checked out defensively. The secondary is a mess. Yeah. I think he continued. What about to Williams? I like Williams. I yeah. like Williams. We were yeah, on we Williams last week. week. Yeah, we were on him. And uh, actually, we were on a lot last week. It was big. Yeah, you know, Williams like, and McGuire turned out to be pretty decent did. value plays. And, you know, with Nick Foles in there, a quarterback who we mentioned as well, you could yeah. have had a, you were spent down at running back. And this was successful for me, spent down at running back and up at wide receiver. And I think this is another week where you can do that. And his price still is, is fairly cheap, you know, $6,000 um, on DraftKings and, and over on FanDuel. Um, he's 
just take a look here now. He's he's right around the same price. So yeah, I mean, I think you go down that well one more 68. time. Sixty-eight. Yeah, you can go. Yeah, absolutely. Because Joe, he's catching balls out of the backfield, right. and there's some guys who are who doesn't look like Cobb's going to play. St. Brown doesn't look like he's going to play. And for Jamal Williams, ten catches in his last two games and nine targets in that last contest against the Jets. So I think he's going to get some work in the passing. Yeah, I do too. I, I think Williams is certainly going to be a guy there that you want in your lineups. And sometimes you get that big week and you get scared, but you know what? I think you roll him again at the end here. I think uh, also he's trying to show everybody in the organization that he could be the guy. And I think that's important. And, you know, let's not forget, this is an audition in week 17. It's another thing we haven't talked about. A lot of players are auditioning for not only their own teams, but the rest of the league and trying to leave on a high note makes a big difference. When you head into the off season, the last memory that teams have of you can make a different impact. All right. Now I want to talk about this. This one doesn't make much sense to me at all. We touched about it a little in the open here, Tampa right now, Versus Atlanta. And I know this game is in Tampa. I understand Atlanta is incredibly inconsistent, but can you explain how, you know, Atlanta is only favored by one here? I, I don't get this. I don't get I, this at all. I wonder if it has anything to do with Julio. I, I, I feel like Julio will get into fades and wide receivers, but he's going to be one of them for me. I know it's a high total of 51. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he sits this one out. I, I, I really wouldn't be. And But even if he does, do you really think that that's... I think Tampa could win this game. I think Tampa could win this game. I mean, both teams, <laughs> I know it's, uh, but both teams, right? I mean, you looked offensively at, at both squads and they rank in the bottom 10 in every single category, right? Rushing, they can't stop the run. They can't stop the pass. They can't stop backs who can catch it to the backfield. They, they've allowed, they're allowing a ton of touchdowns on the ground through the air. And, you know, for, football outsiders, DVO, DVOA defense, they're both in the bottom four. So it, it, they're just brutal defensively that I think it's it's a complete toss-up. Mike Evans has been balling out lately. and I. But I, then you I, have these weird things, get, like if Winston gets pulled. I mean, how, how are we supposed to the, react to that, right, you know? It's, pulled. it's it's probably a game that you want to, you know, you want to stay clear of from a betting standpoint because they're, like, again, they're two garbage defenses. Julio, is he going to play fully? And is Griffin going to come in and play quarterback? So I think the one thing you can feel great about is, is potentially Matt Ryan, if you, if you want to go that way, but he's also very expensive on both sites. So it's tough to spend up. It is. It's tough to spend up here. The over under is 52 for this one too, which I actually think it can go over. Yeah, (laughs) I talk about two bad defenses. That's fine. And I'll I'll take Matt Ryan in the shootout over Winston. If it were whoever it ends up being, and you make good points about Evans playing better here towards the end, but, I don't know. I, I feel like Atlanta will find a way to win this football game. I just, I'm shocked that it's just a single point. I just, I really am. Uh, Jacksonville at Houston, Houston's favored by six and a half here. Houston's kind of limping a little to the finish line too. There. And this is a team that's, you know, they had a great run there where everything was working and now some injuries have crept in and a little bit of doubts crept in. And this is a perfect example of a game where I could see Jacksonville sticking it to Houston on the way out. There's not a lot for them to play for. Obviously it's pride. I don't know how much pride they have right now in Jacksonville, but at the same time, I think some of these guys might be playing for their job. I think a lot of them are. And yeah, this is a game I could see going wrong for Houston. Yeah. We talked, we touched on this at the top of the show is teams. Maybe they'll fly under the radar here a little bit. Houston's going to get Lamar Miller back. It's going to be a boost for him. I just saw moments before we recorded here that he's going to be active in that football game, but they lost to Marius Thomas. Obviously, they lost Will Fuller earlier in the year. Kiki Kuti is is questionable to play, and you, you know, Jalen Ramsey did an okay job on on Hopkins earlier in the year, held him to three catches for 50 yards, and we had a touchdown, and I know he's matchup-proof. He can be fine against anybody, but 
I'm not completely sold that that Houston's going to be able to win this game, even though it is a divisional. There's no fantasy appeal for me here with any of these. No, guys. there's none either because even Fournette, like you can't even. There's no reason to get cute with Leonard Fournette. It's a tough, tough team to run on. I, I think potentially, if you're looking for a flyer in a cheap play in tournaments, DeAndre Carter is very interesting. You know, if if QT doesn't play, seven targets, six catches, 61 yards last week against the Eagles. I mentioned all the wide receivers who were down. So if Ramsey does shut down Hopkins, potentially there's some Watson to Carter. But yeah, there's no fantasy appeal. I think it goes under the 40. I agree. Jacksonville covers. Yeah, I think it goes under the 40. And I think Jacksonville covers as well. That's two for two here. It's just, it's not pretty. And Houston needs this game. I mean, they, <laughs> it's the, oh, yeah, they you know, do. and I just, just because you need it doesn't mean you're going to get it. And I know it's at home. And that's why look Houston's probably going to eke this one out, but I want to emphasize the word eke here because I really think it could be, I don't, I don't see Houston coming in here and blowing the doors off the Jaguars here. I just don't see it for whatever reason. It's just, this is one of those individual games. There's history here. There's teams that, you know, they don't want to just go quietly against. And I think Jacksonville Houston is one of those games. Now let's talk about this next one here, Dallas at the giants. This one is super complicated because Dallas is favored by five and a half. The number is 41. My question with this one is if, if they put, let's say the Dallas doesn't need this game for whatever. Let's, let's say that all happens. If you're the Dallas Cowboys and you take your foot off the gas and you lose this game, do you, do you see that even happening? Or you think even if they take their foot off the gas, they still win. Uh, I, I honestly don't feel like they're going to play any of their guys. I really don't. I don't either. So I, and I know the giants are not great (laughs) and I know they'll be without Odo Beckham again, but I feel like they can do enough to, to win this game. I I really don't see Zeke playing. I think maybe Dak can play a series or two. There's no reason to roll out Amari Cooper. There's no really reason to roll out some of these defensive players. They're locked into that spot, right? They've won the division. They're, they're either going to play Seattle or Minnesota. If Seattle loses, Minnesota wins. There's a chance that those guys, those two teams can flop, but they know right now they're playing next week, next week at home. They don't have a buy. So there's no reason to roll at these guys and risk injuries. And this is not a fantasy. I don't have any, I don't really want any of these guys either. And I think in tight, maybe at the tight end position, Evan Ingram has been, uh, he's got 18 targets, 14 catches. He's got at least 66 yards in four straight games. No OBJ again. So I think I'm, I'm interested in him a little bit. And I don't know about Barkley. I, I just don't know how much play he's going to get either. Like there's over the past few weeks, Joe, like Barkley's been quiet in the second half. It's not on him. It's no. just, he's not getting as many touches as he used to get. So you wonder if, do you think maybe they kind of feed him a little bit more just so they can maybe lock in that offensive yeah. rookie of the year? Rookie of the year. Yeah. That's it's the only motivation I could think of. It's an individual one for him, yeah. but you know, I could, I could see that. I, I suppose he could maybe get a rack up a few touches and, he was just shy of he's going to get to 1200 yards, which is phenomenal. He's you know, three catches for him. 90. Um, yeah. He, it's quite a rookie season yeah, for Saquon. It really is, but he's <laughs> been quiet over the past two weeks. Yeah, is that is true. All right, let's go to Miami Buffalo. This one is in Buffalo five and a half. They are favored. Uh, and, and rightfully so. I think at this point, I think that's actually kind of realistic. Um, if you told me Miami upset them, it would not shock me, but I think right now Miami is another team where, there could be a lot of wholesale changes all, all over the place. I mean, the coach, the quarterback, be. everything, and there should be. I mean, they're not a team that's – if you want to look at a team that's not going forward at all, it's the Miami Dolphins. There's nothing there where I think you point to and go, yeah, well, I see them building X, Y, Z, because it's not. It, there's no system building there. There's no franchise 
player building of any kind. They don't have a franchise player on either side of the ball, Chris. And I think that's a problem when you're looking, if you're the Miami Dolphins, what's the future of this team? What are you building your team on? And I don't have have an answer. I mean, if some of the bad teams like Buffalo, I think, well, you got Josh Allen, you got some really nice defensive players. You're building something. Miami's not building anything. No, they've been really disappointing. They have. I mean, even Kenyon Drake this this season, he wasn't getting the touches. It was Frank Gore. I still don't have any faith that Kenyon Drake is is even this week. Is it going to be him? Is it going to be Balazs? Like, you he, he just don't know. They admitted that they phased out Devontae Parker, who I think is their most talented wide receiver. Uh, he's been disappointing this year. Ryan Tannehill, another year disappointing. And then you get Balazs, a big disappointment after the big week where people exactly. find yeah, him we, and say, okay, maybe it's Balazs. And we go, well, okay, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, we were on him being a fade. And listen, it's just, you're right. There's not a lot to like. Xavier Howard is, is one bright spot for their defense and he's going to be out looks like he's going to be out this week so i think for for dfs standpoint there's a little bit of appeal in a foster and allen connection and foster has been lighting it up over the past few weeks leads the league in a dot 25.6 getting targeted deep down the field and for allen he just ran into your boy bill belichick that happens right yeah and- i think you shake that one off and that you know because of course he's going to confuse a rookie quarterback especially one like allen oh there's no way but i would go right back with allen i would go right back with buffalo defense as if last week never happened yeah, for sure. And go four weeks ago, they, these two teams played, and Allen had 135 yards on the ground on nine carries. He torched them, and, and they just haven't been able to stop the run all year. I, I see a similar, maybe not 135 yards, but he could get to 50, 60, 70 within the first half. <laughs> all right, let's do one more uh, 1 o'clock game. you got the Carolina Panthers, no Cam Newton, obviously, the rest of the year, against New Orleans with nothing to play for. So if you're New Orleans, how do you go about this one? I mean, what are you doing? You're playing guys for a half. You're just sitting everybody. What do you do? Because really, I mean, they're locked in now. So what's what's there to what's there to prove? Yeah, and I looked back at at Sean Payton a couple times when they were locked in. He rested his guys, so I, I assume he's going to do the same thing here. I, I I can't imagine Alvin Kamara, or Michael Thomas playing too much in this game, or Drew Brees. So maybe a lot of Teddy Bridgewater, but. There's just so much uncertainty in this fantasy game. You're not going to see Christian McCaffrey. Looks like he's going to be out. You mentioned Cam Newton. Even uh, Heineke is he's out too. So they're down to their third string quarterback yeah. in Carolina. Yeah. So I mean, now that, that number seven and a half. Now considering you know New Orleans is still favored by seven and a half, and you're going down there in the Carolina, you know, dregs of quarterback. I, I think this is. I think New Orleans clears this easily, even with the with the backups. Yeah, with the they're just a better football team. Yeah, right. <laughs> or oh, even their backups. Yeah, just better than, than what Carolina can roll out there and and Kyle Allen at quarterback. So, yeah, I think the Saints. Again, it's it's one of those games where I I'll be honest, I kind of stay away from on the spread because I just I don't know because you just don't know who's going to play. But my educated guess is the Saints are going to rest their guys, but they still do enough if you want to pick them on the money line if you're looking for for one of those kind of road road teams to pull out a victory yeah the number is 43 and a half too which is also Actually, they're at home yeah yeah i mean look new orleans is going to win this football game but like you said it's just it's it's the unknown of how much time and i if you were sean payton i mean i would give them all a quarter just give to keep a quarter i would yeah. give them a quarter to keep them fresh i don't think i would sit them the entire game i i think that's a long layoff i really is and i think that, that comes off and hurts players i mean if you look back and the patriots are always historically a team that plays everybody they, you know they they don't believe in sitting and i think there's something to that i think the you know always harken back to the peyton manning colts remember when they sat everybody and they came oh, out yes. flat, and then next thing you know the jets go past them and that's 
that's not what you want. <laughs> you we saw know? that with the Rams last year. They were they rested Rams six yeah. seventeen, and then they were quiet. You know, if you want to get key with your line, this is the time of the year, week seventeen. You know, we mentioned Ingram and Kamara maybe not getting a lot of play. Like this is where well, you does get it. Ingram like, get a lot of play though, because Ingram, Ingram probably should, that. right? Yeah, I think Ingram. Mike, I can see Kamara not getting a whole lot of action. You kind of rest him a little bit, but but yeah. Ingram is fresher. He's Ingram played is less an, games. He's an interesting tournament play for me. I I think he'll. I think he could get to 10 carries. I, I, I think he could as well. I think he'd get a touchdown in there too. And, you know, maybe an early touchdown from Ingram or maybe a slop one late. I think there's a good um, possibility of a return on investment there. Maybe, yeah. uh, but again, it's a maybe, which is what makes week 17 so difficult to peg. All right, we're going to hit a break. When we come back. We're going to do the four o'clock games here. I'm going to start with one where a division opponent has a chance to send their division foes home. We're going to hit that and a whole lot more right here on the pre-snap on the line star app. We'll be right back after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Transparent projections, simplified research, advanced signals, and top-rated apps. Dominate DFS. Download for free at LineStarApp.com. All right, let's do it, Chris. Chicago, the Bears travel to Minnesota. I like the Bears in this one. I really do. I know that Minnesota is favored by four and a half. I think this is an upset here where Chicago comes in there and wins. I think they want to make a statement. They want to send those division guys home. It feels like they can. I think Minnesota is just mentally worn out. But for some reason, Vegas thinks that they can win this football game. What do you think? Yeah, I jumped all over Chicago at plus six and a half when this line opened. I know we talked about it on Monday. I thought that spread was was too high for, for a team in Chicago that you're talking about resting guys. And I, I don't think Nagy will rest guys. Maybe if this game gets out of hand, but that's the only way if it gets out yeah, of hand. And I don't think it will. I mean, I think the defense is solid enough. And listen, there has to be something to be, something has to be said for, you said it earlier. You can have, you have an opportunity here to knock off your division rivals and go into the playoffs high. Let's try to get your offense right as well, which has been spiraling in the wrong direction over the past couple of weeks. Let's knock off Minnesota because if you lose to the Vikings, there's a good chance you're playing the Vikings again the very next week. And you don't want to give that team uh, on the other side that kind of confidence that, okay, they just beat us and they're feeling real good about themselves and they can go in and beat you again, despite it being in Chicago. So uh, I think... I honestly think the Vikings will pull this one out because I think they'll be more desperate and I do believe in, in their squad at home. But I think this is going to be a close game. I would take Chicago on the spread. I still like four and a half. I loved six and a half. I think it's going to be an offensive struggle. I know 40.5 seems like a low, like a... It a, does seem low. low. But I I see a low game, man. I see like a 17-14 a or... It could Something be like that. Yeah. It's low it, score. It Both offenses are not 20, great. 17. That would, that would keep it under the 40 and a half too. I know it's certainly it's in that vein. And, and considering it is a grudge match, kind of a contest, I think the under is something that's a little scary as well, but I think Chicago covers this for sure. I mean, I, that's, that's just nuts. I, I still don't even get why it's, Listen, I still, they're still fighting for the second seed too. Yeah. I mean that, and that is definitely within their grasp. I mean, it's absolutely in their grasp. All right, another fun one here, Cleveland at Baltimore. Four o'clock games are fun. Yes. All right, some of the four o'clock games I think are going to be very entertaining, and this is one of them. Baltimore basically can win and send the Steelers packing. You got Cleveland who wants to make a statement at the end here. Baltimore favored by five and a half, which makes sense to me, although I think this could be a field goal game. So I, I think if you're feeling aggressive, if you're feeling lucky, Baltimore winning, but 
I don't think they're going to, I think Cleveland's going to go in there and I think they're, they're going to eke this one out. Another eke win Baltimore late field goal, I think wins this one. Uh, but I think Cleveland's going to push them to their brink. I really do. I think this is their super bowl. <laughs> it, it really is. Super bowl. It, it really is. Yeah. They could, they could knock out Baltimore. They could also finish above 500. The win here would give them eight, seven and one. And like, let's be honest, that would be, um, that's, that's basically, you're right. A super bowl season from Cleveland from a team that hardly won any football games playing meaningful football games. Week 17 just got eliminated last week. So I, I agree. I think Cleveland will keep this game really close uh, despite it being in I Baltimore. like the over here too it's 40 and a half I think this game goes over that number you know they beat Baltimore earlier in the year I know the Ravens have changed a little bit obviously at the quarterback position but the, they snuck out a win against Baltimore in week five they they won 12-9 I, I think it could go over you know Baker Mayfield has has done some some good things over the past few weeks he's been very accurate you know since the coaching change and I like Nick Chubb and the way that they can establish a run game uh, I do think Baltimore wins, but from a fantasy standpoint, I'm really not into anyone, really. I think Gus Bus, there's a safe floor there in, in standard leagues or in, you know, a FanDuel where you don't get that full point for the catch. I think you can roster him if you want. But honestly, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of with the under. I feel like it'll be under. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go the over on this one. We'll split on this one. But I really think that again, Baker Mayfield and this Cleveland Browns team there, they're feeling strong right now. Greg Williams is saying, Hey, I deserve this job. I, I mean, there's not, he, that, he does. <laughs> I mean, you know, kitchens is saying, Hey, look, we, we belong here in this conversation. And I think this is the last team that I think Baltimore wants to play right now because they are a team that's beaten them. And they are a team that I feel like is got nothing to lose. And that is always the most dangerous team is the fast and loose. I, I do think Baltimore will pull this out at the end. I think Harbaugh will find a way to get his guys in the right position, but I think it's going to be super close. All right, now this is a game that the Seattle Seahawks should win easily. They're favored by 13. The over-under is 38 and a half. Uh, they're at home against Arizona. Arizona, I know, upset Packers a few weeks back, but still not a good football team. I think we can all agree that. And, you know, I, I, can, we, can we say, a, I don't know, this is sort of like funeral eulogy for David Johnson's season. I feel so bad because I really wanted him to have a bounce back. He had high aspirations and it's been a really disappointing year for DJ. Yeah, it definitely has. I mean, Arizona is their last in yards or last in passing yards, rushing yards and points. So, I mean, it's tough for David Johnson. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I thought I was depressed before, but you know. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's been rough. It really has. And yeah, for Arizona, I mean, this is a team 160 passing yards a game, 83 rushing yards a game, 13 points per game and 244 yards per game. And for DJ, I don't want to call him a fantasy bust, but you know, for a guy who went pretty early in drafts, borderline uh, RB one this season, I want his prices dropped so low that I thought about him this week, but you know, for on FanDuel, he's still pretty expensive of $7,100 uh, on DraftKings, You look over and he's $5,700 and it's like, Oh man, but you know, 10 carries last game, 11 the week before that, and only topping 35 yards in those games. So it's it's tough, and Edmonds is starting to get a little bit more play, so I can't go that way. 
Chris Carson. Chris Carson, I think, is yeah. going to continue to get a lot of work. And you saw what C.J. Anderson was able to do against this run defense last week. So for Chris Carson, who has 27 carries, 22 carries, and 22 carries in his last three games, at least 90 yards in the ground and four touchdowns over that span. He's been very solid. He really has to roll him out. Yeah. yeah, I think you have to. I think he's definitely the most appealing piece in this game on either side of the ball by far. All right, let's talk about the Chargers at Denver. Now, everyone's writing off Denver here, but this is another one. Denver can always be a tricky place to play. And no, the sure. Chargers have shown a little hiccup here. They're favored by six and a half. I think Denver could actually pull up this. I know it sounds crazy without Lindsay and everyone's writing them off, but I would not be shocked if Denver upset the Chargers here. I think the Chargers are looking ahead to the playoffs, looking ahead, looking ahead. And that worries me a little bit. It really does. Now, so take with that as you will. The six and a half, I actually think Denver can keep this one closer. I think they can find a way because the one thing that Denver can do is rush the passer. And the one thing that you've seen recently in the last three weeks is Phillip Rivers at a tough time staying upright. He is getting hurried. He's getting rushed. He's getting knocked down. He's getting sacked. That offensive line has been Swiss cheese for the last month. And it's affected Phillip Rivers a little bit mentally and physically. And I think that this is the, again, a bad matchup <laughs> in terms of where the Chargers are struggling and they're struggling in the O-line and I'm watching Philip Rivers run all over the place. And I think Denver could really get to him and change the dynamic of this game. Yeah, I would agree. It is one of those sneaky teams, a division rival and a team that could not knock out the Chargers of the playoffs, but you know, have them not have a buy or win the division. That's certainly possible for this Denver team. I agree with you on rivers, you know, over the past couple of weeks, he's been pressured. He's been, he's made some mistakes. I think he's thrown an interception on his first throw of the game, two straight weeks now. And that's part of the pressure that's getting into his face. I think the Chargers do enough to win this game, but uh, I, I'm with you on the spread. I think they six and a half close. seems like six a lot. Half. Six and a half is a lot, especially for a division rival. Again, it's, it's not going to be just because the Chargers are, you know, right their record and Denver's record, it's not going to be a cakewalk for them. It's, it never is inside the division. I always find these spreads that get up high. These teams don't cover them. So I, I'm, I like Deshaun Hamilton again. We talked about him last week. He's got 30 targets in his last three games and 21 catches. I know the yardage is not there, but for full point on DraftKings, he's getting a ton of volume and a ton of work in the passing game. So I'm interested in him. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think this game uh, is close, but ultimately I think it's just because of the Chargers defense will we'll give them the win. That's, that's <laughs> all right. Fair enough. That's how I lean. All right. Let's go to uh, the CJ Anderson led Los Angeles Rams at home against the Ooh. 49ers. Well, who saw that coming? I mean, I, I you know, and if you did good for you, you're a liar. <laughs> <laughs> we're calling you out right now. Money out. You're a liar. I mean, Todd Gurley seemed like things were trending in the right direction. Next thing you know, nope, not going to play, not going to happen. Uh, and here we go. Uh, Rams favored by 10. Obviously the 49ers have a host of issues you know, that we don't need to go over, but 48 and a half is the number here. That's a, I mean, they're asking 49ers to kind of do their part a little bit with a 48 and a half. I, I don't know about that one. I, I think this might stay under that a bit. What's your feeling on the Rams here in this offense here is they also are limping towards the finish line. Are they ever like they need a statement win? And, and yeah, but even if they beat the 49ers, is that a statement win? I guess that's the question I have, you know, maybe not, but we, you know, we saw Seattle lose the 49ers a couple weeks ago. I feel like they need a double digit win just to feel a little bit good about themselves. Now, listen, 
Goff looked better last week because of the run game. And I think that's part of it over the past couple of weeks is they haven't been able to establish the run and Goff has looked really bad under pressure and he's not hitting with anybody. So for CJ Anderson, you're right. His, uh, it's a remarkable game that he had 20 carries 167 yards against that soft Arizona run defense. I think you can roll him out again this week. I don't think Gurley's going to play. I think he's another 15, 20 touches, probably a lock for him. I don't think he's going to be as productive, but I think the Rams get it done here. I think they I think they win and I think it could go over because on the San Fran side of things, Kittle, you know, you always hear this time of the year, Joe, these guys want these records. He's chasing your boy Gronk. He's about ninety nine yards away from the most receiving yards from a tight end. I think he'll get that. And I think Jeff Wilson Jr. has been okay in a in a role with no map Rita. It's going to continue to get a lot of looks. So I think this could creep over the number. I, I I really do. I think Goff is also a contrarian GPP quarterback as well. All right, Philadelphia Eagles travel to Washington. They're favored by six and a half, led by Nick Foles, who's airing the ball out everywhere. Uh, big passes to Aguilar and Jeffrey last week. And he's, you know, he's had a good relationship and rapport with Jeffrey too. And, and look, I'm looking at this one, and I think the Philly covers this one fine. I think six and a half is fine. I think they win by more than that. Washington, I think, is just another team just done. So yeah. many injuries. And I mean, every year we're talking about the same thing with the Redskins, Chris. It's the injuries, the injuries, the injuries. I don't know. I mean, they're just making bad choices. Are they just bad luck? Are they snake bit? What is it? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Like, I don't feel real bad for Gruden because they're down to their, what, the fourth quarterback here again in Johnson. And then you're right. Last year, there was over 25 different combinations on the offensive line. And we made the excuse for Kirk Cousins because, you know, the line wasn't great. And then they lose they just cut DJ Swearinger, who's I think their best defensive player. And yeah, I think Zach Ertz is going to continue to have his way against this yeah. Washington team. And yeah, I would agree. I think, it, I think this is a Washington for those who are going to be in on Sproles. I'd just be a little cautious. I think last week was a good spot for him. He was shifty. Houston's a tough team to run on four games ago. It was Adams who had a solid game against Washington. I think they'll get him more involved. I would not go to the Sproles well again. I would hundred yeah, percent in that one. That's a Sproles is your tough. classic one-off guy, and if you keep chasing the the that week, you're never going to be happy. Exactly. I'm not saying for, to go out there and play Adams and Cash, but don't be surprised if Adams he's going to have more than eleven carries. They're going to try to establish the run. I think they'll be up in this game, and they'll lean on him a little bit. So. Be cautious of Sproles. What do you think of that 41 and a half number? I think it goes over. I think the Eagles just pile up points here. Yeah, I think it goes over too. Eagles defense is playing a little bit better. I think Philly puts 30 on them. I think they, I think 30, 30 to 14. I could see a score like that. Yeah. Eagles in the over. Yep. Um, That's what I want. I want Eagles in the over right there. Okay. Oakland Raiders travel to KC. All right, here we go, kids. I've been, I've been, I've been on a roll here. We got all the Carolina games right, all those upsets. We got all the Chiefs upsets. I'm telling you right now, Oakland's going to cover this number of 14. I'm telling you right now, they Kansas City cannot stop Oakland from covering this number. <laughs> I know you don't want to. I know it's John Gruden. I know it's the Oakland Raiders. I understand all of these things. It's not going to be pretty, <laughs> but I'm telling you right now. It's going to happen. Oakland, and, and if Oakland wins this game, I'm not shocked. I'm telling you right now, I would shock the world. It would put such a, a <laughs> I don't know, it would put such a reverberation in the rest of the AFC if no, Casey loses to Oakland on the, on the way into the playoffs. But look, this, this Casey defense is not good. I know Williams has been good. That's, that's a positive. Uh, I, I, 52 and a half, I will take the over. <laughs> okay, it's going to yeah. be a fugly game. This is going to be another one of these 33-30 games. 
I'm telling you right now, I just don't think KC can separate themselves, and it's it's going to bite them in the ass in the playoffs. It really is. I'm actually with you. Um, you know, these two, yeah! teams, these two teams played. Follow me to freedom. Oh, man. These two teams played 40 or 40. Four weeks ago, there was 73 points scored in this game. It was 40 to 33. Kansas City were huge favorites at that point, and Oakland covered, and they hung around in that game the entire game. You're right. They just can't stop anybody defensively. Raiders or not, they can't. Doug Martin ate him up, and Martin's been pretty good. I mean, 21 carries, 107 yards last week. He's got four touchdowns in his last five games. He he's been he's been decent. So I'm I'm with you, man. I think it's gonna be a high scoring game, and I think the Raiders will will get that backdoor cover just like they did four weeks ago. Oh, they're 100 percent gonna cover. I think this is the easiest one of the week. Where I I soon as I, if this was 10, I'd go oh, 14. Yeah. 14. No too way. Much. No way. Kansas City can't they? Uh, they can't. They can't stop. Right, now this is another one too that I think is very tricky. Cincinnati hates the Steelers. And if there's one thing that Cincinnati Bengals will get up for, it's a game against the Steelers in the sense of we, we can really kind of, you know, and look, it, it might not mean anything by the time we get to here. That's, that's the problem. Yeah. So this is all, this game is all about whether or not it means anything for the Steelers at that point, because when Baltimore, I mean, we're going to get a certain point here where you might have, a, if, if Baltimore should pull ahead and it becomes a blowout in some weird way, which I don't think is going to be the case. We'll see what happens, but this is going to be, if you could have two games on a split screen, this is what you want. You want Baltimore and you want the Pittsburgh game because you want to see how this is shaking out. 14 and a half is a huge number. And I know it's in Pittsburgh. So, okay. Do you think that they can cover this, this, this year at the end here? 14 and a half. That's a lot. 14, 14 and a half is a lot. Because <sighs> Cincinnati has shown some life here and there. They have, they have They're a bad football team, but they can score points. Listen, they hung around in L.A. against the Chargers. Maybe that was more so on the Chargers and one of those games that they, you know, we joke about the Chargers all the time. Those games that they should win, they, you know, they lose. They did win that one, but it was a five-point game. Cleveland, they hung around in that game against Cleveland as well. Uh, 26-18 final. They beat Oakland by two touchdowns. I think that they 14 and a half is a lot of points. It really is. Now, my one problem here is, is just like no Boyd. No AJ, no Dalton. Jeff Driscoll has 133 yards, 130 yards, 170 yards, 155 yards. This guy has not, he's thrown 200 yards. No, it's been the Joe Mixon show. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's been the Mixon show. And if they get down in this game, like I just, I'm not confident in Driscoll. So it sounds like you're talking yourself into the 14 and a half. I'm talking myself into the 14 and a half, which is just scary. I'll be honest with you guys. There's a lot of, there's five or six different games I'd rather have on the spread. Like three scores is really, really tough for a divisional game. I'll, I'll honestly stay away from it, but you know, if I had to choose, I would choose the Steelers here just because of Driscoll. I feel like he will just ruin it for Cincinnati in some of the right, throws. Fair enough. How about that forty-five number? Forty-five and a half, to be exact. I think it can go over. I think, I think so too. I think the. I think it can. Yeah. I think it can. Uh, also, too, if there's one guy I got my eye on this game, I know Connor is supposed to be coming back too, but Juju's. I got my eye on Juju in this game, and the yeah. reason is he was not happy about that fumble no. and Juju strikes me as the kind of guy that takes it personally. And I think he's going to have himself a huge game. He's just one of those kind of players. And that's why I like Smith Schuster so much is because it does matter to him. It really does. And I think that's a situation where he makes a statement here. Like, Hey, I let us down last week. I'm going to show up this week. And I think he has a touchdown at least in this game. 
Yeah, I think he's one of the safest players on the board, especially an injury pops up for Antonio Brown on Thursday. I think he's going to play, but I think Juju is is a very safe play. And, you know, he wasn't 100% last week. Still had 11 catches and 115 yards. I would agree. I think a bounce back game, and I think he wants to prove himself. All right, let's just go through the last one. We hardly ever do this, but we're going to talk about this one because it has major implications. You got the Tennessee Titans hosting the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck owns the Titans for as long as he's been alive. Uh, They're favored by three in this one, but this is the Derrick Henry look, Tennessee Titans. I know Mariota has been injured and bad and all that stuff. Can Derrick Henry do enough to put this team on his back and somehow pull out an upset? I say no, but I sure like to watch it get be close for a change because really historically that three, that's kind of an embarrassing number. I actually think the Colts historically would win this by more and cover that easily. But for some reason, this is a little bit tighter than usual. Yeah, it really is. I'm unsure about Eric Ebron. Is this guy going to play? I saw reports he was going to be on IR and then he returned to practice. I think he's actually a big part of this offense. I mean, they need him because both teams are really strong against the run. So I don't know if Derrick Henry can do enough. The Colts have shut out. I mean, they they shut out Zeke, right? That, that Dallas didn't score any points. They had their way with Barkley. And and I don't know if Henry's going to be. I don't. This doesn't feel like a, a hundred yard game for Derrick Henry. I think the Colts' run defense is very strong, and on the other side, the Titans' run defense is is very strong as well. I think the number is fair. I think a three point win on the road, the Colts. I would take them. You're right about Luck owning this team. He's ten and zero, and we don't know if Marcus Mariota is going to play. I saw this morning, like they're saying, Vabril saying he's he's out there throwing, but he's wincing every throw, and he did enough today to be encouraged by him. I just I just that's the bottom line for me. That's why. I can't pick Tennessee. Sure, Henry's looked great, but Mariota has not. He's not 100% healthy. This is one guy to shut down on that offense, really, and no disrespect to Corey Davis. It's, it's to stack the box with Henry and make Mariota beat you, and I got to take luck. Yeah, I uh, got no problem with that whatsoever. All right, so there you have it. That's our breakdown of all the games. So it's time to give you our favorite three at each position and our fades at each position as well right after the break, but Line Star doesn't just stop here at NFL. They've got Major League Baseball coverage coming up soon, right around the corner. They've got NBA going on. They've got uh, hockey, everything there you could possibly imagine. The Line Star app has. So make sure if you're listening because you're fans of Chris or myself, that you also download that Line Star app and get all the great information. They have all the breakdowns, all the tools you need to play DFS and be successful. So get that Line Star app. Make it part of your preparation every day when you're playing DFS. All right, we're going to hit a break. We come back. We're going to wrap things up on the season here with our picks to end on a high note. You're listening to the pre-snap. We'll be right back after this. The pre-snap podcast is brought to you by LineStar. Transparent projections, simplified research, advanced signals, and top-rated apps. Dominate DFS. Download for free at LineStarApp.com. All right, Chris, let's start a quarterback. Let's do it. Our favorite three of the week. You may begin, sir. Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm going to start at the top. Usually I don't like to spend up at the quarterback position, but there's enough value this week, especially at running backs and wide receivers where you can do so. So I'm looking at the top on Fandle and DraftKings. I like Pat Mahomes and I like Big Ben. I think both of these guys must win situations. I think they'll stay in the football game uh, for the entire game because we know about Kansas City's leaky defense. So I think Mahomes just two touchdowns shy of 50 on the year and 200 yards shy of 5,000. I think he's going to hit both of those milestones. And I like Rodgers. And if you're going to spend down continue to go back to Nick Foles I think he's in a good spot again yeah I'm on Foles as well I'm team Foles you and me yes. uh, I love Josh Allen on the bounce back this week as well against Miami I think that's a good look for him 
And the third one for me is, as much as I hate it, I actually think Rodgers is in a good spot here. I he think is. he's going to try to end on a high note. And after just a, a bad year for the Green Bay organization, I think trying to wrap things up on a high note at home is, is where you want to be. Uh, now, fades this week. For me, it's Matt Ryan. I know you touched on it earlier, and I'm going to agree. If indeed Julio is out, I think that could make things a little bit more complicated for him. And I still think he can have a good game. It's more the price I have to pay that kind of worries me. Yeah, he's too expensive. I mean, $8,500 on FanDuel is the third highest priced quarterback on the board. And, you know, $6,300 on DraftKings, it's just, you know, at the same price, why wouldn't you just pay for Aaron Rodgers? So I agree, Matt Ryan. And up at the top, Deshaun Watson as well. I think he's a fave. Okay, let's talk about the running backs here. I like Damian Williams at 6,900 against Oakland on FanDuel. Uh, Sony Michelle as well at 72. I think those two guys in terms of what they mean right now, uh, to their teams. I think you've got to have those guys uh, at least on your radar at the very least. And uh, look, if you're looking for a third one, I'm really tempted to go down to the board on Mark Ingram because he's so low because yeah. I think people, and I, I feel like if you get that right, it could be, but unfortunately Chris Carson is $200 less. And I think that I'd rather just take where Carson is because I know he's going to play the whole game. And I think sure. that's, that's kind of where my tiebreaker is. And as far as, the guy that I want to fade, it's, I mean, it's going to be Ezekiel Elliott because I just don't think he's going to get enough touches, especially for 8,800 to make a difference. Yeah, I would agree with you there on, on Zeke. And, um, you know, McCaffrey doesn't look like he's going to play. I would kind of say clear of Barkley too, just maybe in just tournaments because I just don't trust the Giants coaching staff to to give him that full workload that that he deserves, rookie or not, and chasing records. I just I just don't buy into that organization doing the right thing. But um, I, I agree, Carson, uh, Michelle, love those two calls by you. I think there's some free squares on the board this week with Jeff Wilson Jr. The upside may not be there, but he's had some strong games with Matt Breida out of the lineup, and I think you can say the same thing about C.J. Anderson in that same game. So those two. Guys guys and you know if you want to spend down on FanDuel Doug Martin has some appeal to me as well $5,800 maybe crazy to think that he could just be a cash game guy but they're giving him some play and the Chiefs cannot stop this run defense or their run defense is not great so uh, I think he could be a sneaky tournament play all right uh, and uh, who are your wide receivers you're going with this week Chris? yeah so the wide the wide receivers like again I want to go to that Pittsburgh game um, Antonio Brown with this injury popping up maybe he becomes a better tournament play because he's he's the most expensive on the board um, but Juju Smith-Schuster I think is is very solid and I and I think that Devonte Adams is is extremely solid as well so those are the top wide receivers I would spend up for um, Julian Edelman, your boy out of new England, I think is a, is a safe wide out. And if you want to spend down, here's a shot in the dark and uh, Kendrick Bourne for San Fran Pettis is ruled out. Marquise Goodwin's probably not going to play. Uh, so I think they'll have to pass the football to catch up to the Rams. So I think Bourne is a sneaky little tournament option. All right. For me, it's Juju. It's Robert Foster who bounces back as well with oh, Allen. I think that's, call. That's where you want to be. And I'll tell you what, Mike Evans, you mentioned Mike Evans before. And I think that's one where I'm willing to go there because I think the touchdown upside is there. And the last two weeks, uh, look, he had 90 receptions, uh, receiving yards, excuse me, and 121 receiving yards. He's got 19 targets over the last two weeks. So that's what I'm paying for. I'm paying for the targets. And I hope that uh, there's enough there. And like you said, these, neither of these defenses are very good. So there's certainly opportunity there. I'll say Robbie Anderson, I know it's a tough matchup, but last week, Actually, last three weeks, let's be honest. He's got three yeah. touchdowns every week. My concern is the Patriots. Who are you taking out of this game if, exactly. if you're, you're taking Robbie Anderson? So I think he's going to be a letdown. So he's the one I want to fade this week, which I know it's hard because the, the price is still pretty good. 
but I think it would be wise to move along. And if you want, look, if you want reasoning, just go back and look at every freaking Patriot game and what they try to do to the main guy. And I think Robbie Anderson right now is the main focus. I would agree with you. I think that's a great call to fade. And Bill Belichick does it. He does this every single time. And for Robbie Anderson, yeah, we were on him. And hopefully you guys listening were on him. He was, he was, he was unbelievable last week and he's still really cheap this week. And I think that's, you know, that's why it's so appealing because you look over at DraftKings and you say, oh, $5,600. I mean, oh, Anderson. I mean, he's been coming on strong lately, but I would agree. I think he's a fade and on $7,000 on FanDuel is a complete fade. Um, I love that foster call as well. That's a, that's a good one. He's in a good spot. To bounce yeah. Back. All right. Tight end. Uh, I mean, you made no bones about it. You think Kittle's going to go for the gold and going for the gusto, huh? Yeah. It's funny. Kelsey is as well. Both of these guys are chasing down the record, but Kittle said he wants it. <laughs> I think he'll get it. I really do. I give him well, the look, ball. He put up 18 last time and half yeah. PPR and FanDuel. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's certainly within the realm of possibility there. You could do it. I think, you know, again, with, with so much value at, you know, throughout the, on the main slate, Kelsey, Ertz, Kittle, I think all three are strong plays now. Obviously they're, well, but I mean, look, if you look at Kittle, I mean, a thousand dollars difference. So I think for the thousand right. dollar difference, I'll take Kittle. Yeah, for sure. Take him. And Evan Ingram, I like him. He's a strong play. And I guess if you want to get cheaper down, I think we mentioned him last week. I was pretty sure I I was on him as Gerald Everett. Um, He's actually cheaper. On FanDuel, he's $4,800. Last week, he was $2,900 in DraftKings. He had five catches. This week, he's $2,800. So he actually dropped in pricing. And he's 20 targets, 14 catches in his last three games. He's trending up in this offense. Uh, For me, it's funny. You look at Rob Gronkowski at $5,800. God, I mean, they, there's a number I don't think we've ever seen, you know? <laughs> right. Appeal. He's almost near the $4,000 mark in DraftKings. I mean, it's just insane. And, and I mean, sure, there's opportunity there. I mean, if you're doing multi-entry, I can understand wanting to build a Gronk lineup because he could certainly throw down, you know, 13 points with a touchdown. That's not impossible. Uh, you look at Herndon, the guy, too, who's got a little bit of action yes. lately. I think those are some of the guys, if you're looking to fade the top of the board, Herndon's another one where... If, if indeed Anderson is the, the guy that they kind of take out, I think that gives opportunity to somebody like that. But those are multi-entry tournament plays only. I don't think that's something you want to get involved in. Uh, defense for me, the, the pick of the week is the Buffalo Bills. I like the Bills, and I think the fade for me is absolutely the Texans. I just I don't like that game at all. Not that I think Jacksonville, I don't think much of them offensively, but I just, I don't know. I just don't, I think it's a lot to pay top of the board. For something that I don't see as being a role, you know? And their secondary has just been atrocious. It really has. Again, nobody's allowed more yards in this team over the last five games, like through the air. So I I, I agree. Really hard to spend up on FanDuel. Five thousand dollars is 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 a lot of your money. I think the Steelers are in a in a good spot again with Driscoll. I think that, you know, Cincinnati gonna be passing, kept playing catch up, and I think that's that's a recipe. I look at, I look for a defense who can dial up some pressure because their team's going to be throwing the football a lot. So I like the Steelers and um, you know, I like the Vikings, the Vikings and the bears are in good spots too. And they're, they're affordable. They certainly are. Look, it's good luck to everybody out there. It's been a great season. Uh, obviously if you want more content, you could follow over uh, Mr. Humphreys at uh, nitro DFS. He's always got all the great write-ups over there on line star and make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. I want to thank all the people at line star for letting us do the show all year. And especially for Chris coming in and subbing in for Rathburn uh, towards the end of the season here, just been terrific to do the show with you and I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I'd love to be back for baseball. We'll see what happens as we continue to blow out this coverage here, but I think it's been a very successful year for Michael Rathburn, for Chris Meany, 
I want to thank uh, everybody over here uh, who's put in a lot of work onto the show to make it a success. I want to thank Dan and Eric as well for letting us work here and do the show for you. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll hope this is the beginning of, uh, of a lot of podcasts here, potentially in 2019. Uh, so that'll do it for us this regular NFL season and this 2018. Have a great week. Uh, obviously, this last week of DFS can be wacky. Enjoy it. Enjoy football. I know playoffs are coming too, but look, we hope you had a successful year and we heard, certainly hope to be back again in the new year with you breaking things down. And there's only one thing left to do because we're here at the end of the year at the pre-snap. It's the set down and win. Have a great one, everybody. You've heard from the DFS experts. Now go lock it in and win. We'll see you back here next week on the Line Star Pre-Snap Podcast with Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Continue the conversation at linestarapp.com and we'll see you back here next week.